6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Welcome. It's Monday. It's 6 o'clock. It's time for the Joke Workshop here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Thanks for joining us here on the Joke Workshop. We have a bunch of comedians that are getting ready to make you laugh and try to make each other laugh. What kind of wonderful community bullshit. Uh, we've been doing this. We, we as in me as in the queen. I've been running the show for two years now. It's the two-year anniversary of the Joke Workshop here on Mutiny Radio. Two years of listening to your shitty new material, and then watching those turds get polished in beautiful cubic zirconium-type gems uh, when I see them later all over town. And I mean, it's been a lot of fun watching people's jokes grow over time. And uh, if you've never listened to the show before and you don't know how it works, a comedian is going to do four minutes of material and then a panel of their comedian peers that are all inside right now are going to give them comments on their jokes. Uh, we try to remember that if you're going to make someone eat a shit sandwich, at least make the bread taste good. Uh, be kind. We have actually um, super veteran uh, comment giver panel wonderment extraordinaire Stephanie Silverman in the house. Yay. Uh, just excited about that. She does have really, really great comments and she always pays attention to people, which is nice. All right. Uh, let's start it up. Uh, so if we could get two people to kind of commit to being on that front bench to to say things. If during an... Oh, good. Thank you so much, Stephanie Silverman. Uh, so if anyone has a comment, please remember to use a microphone. Uh, if the two are occupied at the front, we also have the little bulb sticking out of the window here in the studio. And you can also come in, if you like, and use this other microphone. If it's pressing and you really need to say something. All right. Uh, hey, guys, put your hands together for our first comedian, the very funny Ashton Tate. Hello. Thank you so much for uh, coming out tonight. Big, big get. You guys like uh, getting stuff? This is cool. This is great uh, locale. I have uh, just went through a really normal breakup. Uh, whenever I look at a picture of my ex, it reminds me of her. So I'm trying to get over that. Don't know where to start. Uh, I learned that you should not break up with someone while wearing a cardigan that your mom got you for Christmas because she will ask if it's because you're gay. <clears throat> but that's what you got to do sometimes. Sometimes you never know when to quit them. I, uh, I'm getting older. Everyone is. That's a natural progression of life. I feel like the older I get, the more I use water fountains to avoid hallway conversations. Should have learned that in school. Would have passed speech class. Where was the water fountain in speech class? Am I right? Could have used it there. So, anyways, uh, I feel like less terrorists would want to use drones if they saw them being flown by the guys who fly helicopters at the mall. Uh, we need kiosks to fight the wars, guys. That's what we need. We need kiosks to fight the wars. Um... So, I was on the bus, and uh, I saw this girl with her boyfriend, and she was sitting down, and her boyfriend was standing, and she 
cupped his crotch, and then she saw me looking at them, and then she winked at me. So uh, I didn't know what to do, so I winked back, but only after grabbing another guy's crotch. You know, <laughs> Can't let her know I'm single. Um, that's cool. So I'd like to do a small impression. That is uh, <clears throat> what I imagine a uh, limo driver to, who picks people up from the airport, if he worked for the mob, it would be like this. <laughs> That's my uh, gag for the evening. Um, so that's cool. But um, yeah, I, uh, I like doing this whole thing. I like uh, writing. You guys like writing. A lot of people say there's a... Uh, what about, you know how like writers have a stigma of being drunk and crazy and stuff, but what about regular writers, like writers, R-I-D-E-R, those guys don't get enough play. Um, everyone rides the bus, if you think about it, I'm trying to uh, really pick up my uh, location problems. I'm trying to move into a new city. That's not true. I am uh, not trying to do that. I thought that I would like to, but uh, I don't. Um, yeah, so saw the... Uh, Saw the time come up and uh, started smoking. Uh, guys like smoking? Is smoking still cool? Yes. It is. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, that's, I don't know anyone. Most, uh, if people have cancer, is that, I don't know if that means they're cool because smoking, they try and make it seem like smoking's cool and then they say that if you smoke, you'll get cancer. So I don't know if you stop being cool at that point. I'm not sure. I haven't read that in a dictionary yet, but uh, that's been my time. My name's Ashton. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you. Ashton Tate. All right. Right now on the panel, we have Shelly Strabel and Stephanie Silverman. All right. I liked it. I like you. I like your jokes. You're funny. Uh, the comments I have are, uh, are few. The water fountain bit, I want more from that. Like, why water fountain? What did you do before? Uh -huh. uh, what does a water fountain do for you? Can you, uh, if you want to avoid a conversation, can you get a mouthful of water and spit it on them? Right. Uh, just, just more from that, because it's like, oh, okay, that's an interesting thing, but more. Uh, terrorist drones, maybe put in something about Amazon, Amazon drones, like if they knew that, uh, you know, if their guns were being being delivered in an Amazon drone or something, you could you could do that. I don't know. There's just some tie-in. I don't know. Um, I like the I love the limo driver for the mob. I like visual jokes. That's really good. And uh, it seems like the rest of the stuff, you're just kind of still trying to work out. Mm -hmm. But maybe <laughs> cancer is cool. Is cancer cool? Is it cool? It's cool if you're the only one that has that type of cancer, right? Maybe it's cool if you're the only one that has t uh, like gum cancer, you know? Because <laughs> being cool, it's like being, you know, on the edge and being different. So a special cancer. Yeah. yeah. A unique Gen cancer. X cancer. And I was thinking about along the cancer lines, um, something about you know smokers might get cancer, but they don't get colon cancer. Or the, it's like, anyway, it's not, I, I don't even know how to touch cancer. Um, when you're breaking up, I thought that was pretty cute. That was a cute intro joke, you know, totally normal breakup. And then the sweater bit, I like that a lot. Um, the terrorist drones, I like Stephanie's suggestion about Amazon, but I kind of like, like if you're gonna get excited about terrorism or war, I might not be true for everybody in the audience, but I want you to get pumped up. Like, I want you to be like American when you get talking, talking about war and you were like, kiosk, and I was like, kiosk and capitalism and Amazon, and you could name all the terrible companies that would play into that sort of war if you wanted to build on that. And then what I really liked was, uh, I liked that teeny tiny story 
when you were on Bart about grabbing the guy's crotch. Yeah. Th- it's a jokey joke. I it's like a it. jokey joke. Totally. It's visual. Um, it, it could be a callback. Do you know what I mean? It could be if you were to build that into a longer, like 10 minute set, if, Ooh. if something happened, like where, uh, something went wrong, you got the wrong kind of cancer and then, you know, well, you grabbed his balls or he, you know, he was, cre- I don't know, but you could right. build that into a story somehow. I think that was a really cute bit and that's all, all right. I have. Thanks. Did you have something? I'm a fan of uh, visual humor on the radio, so well done with <laughs> that. You. Yeah, that's all. Okay, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, yeah. Ashton Tate, yay! Well, now you see how it works and you know how to play along. Uh, so one of our panel members is actually going to go up on stage next. So clean cup, clean cup, move down, move down. If someone would take her place and then clap wildly, everybody, at Shelly Strable. Happy anniversary to Pam Benjamin and the Joke Workshop here at Mutiny Radio. Pam, you gave me the only two-year-old that I... Love, because for the rest, they're terrible little shits, but I love your two-year-old. Thanks for the joke workshop. My name is Shelly Strabel. You guys, I just got home from a vacation. Very recently, I got home this afternoon. I was traveling, I was in Colorado. Have any of you guys been there? Okay, well, let me tell you about it. Colorado is arguably the whitest place I have ever been in this country. In fact, like, even the state motto is something weird and Latin that only like academic white people would understand. So I thought I would write this, I would rewrite the state mottos to let people know in advance what to expect from Colorado. So here are the new state mottos. The first one is white people, no, that's it. <laughs> like that, it's just, it's just white people. And then uh, the second one that I thought might be nice for Colorado is Colorado, where the only colored thing in the state is the name. Hmm. That's it. A joke from it. No, I'm not even kidding. When I was back there, like I had to turn on a football game so that I could see a black person. Do you know what I mean? I was like Carolina Panthers. I've got a black quarterback. That's a bonus. <laughs> you sports fans, you know I'm right. That doesn't happen every day. Um, something else I got to do when I was in Colorado. Uh, something you guys might not know about me is that I'm a I'm a bird watcher. It's actually something I really like to do. And while I was there, I got to see a bald eagle for the very first time, and it was fucking amazing. Like, these birds are amazing to see in real life. Just sort of flew over, like 20 feet over, and I was like, wow, these things really exist. And then I saw this other bird, super strange bird, really strange bird, in fact. I didn't even know they existed. They're called Trump supporters. (laughs) I saw those, and I was like, fuck, they really do exist. It's not a good thing. The state bird of Colorado is called a lark bunting. Uh, it's this little bird, and it's pretty elusive. And it's one of these birds that you have to um, you have to like memorize the 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 bird call to get it to come out. So I did that actually. Um, and this is <coughs> the Colorado state bird bird call. This is what it sounds like. White, 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 white people, people, people. White, white, white. People everywhere. That's it. And then the mating call is a little bit more aggressive and it's a little harder to master, but you can do it if you try. And it sounds like this. It sounds like white people. White people only. 
All right. Well, that's that's how it was for Colorado. I don't know. I just thought it was really strange to have such a homogenous state. I thought it was weird. And in stark contrast to a different place that I had been to, Louisiana. Now, when I got down to Louisiana, it was wildly different, uh, completely different color. I get into the cab, right? And I tell the cab driver where I'm staying. He's like, oh, I know where that is. That's in District 8. I'm like, District 8, isn't that what they call it in Hunger Games? Like... <laughs> I wasn't sure. Anyway, and I was looking for a bank, right? Because I was there on vacation, and it turns out there aren't any national banks down there. And Louis not, there's no US bank, there's no Bank of America. Like Wells Fargo, usually they're like, together we'll go far. But this time they were like, yeah, we're not fucking going to Louisiana. We're not fucking going down there. Now, why do I think of these things, guys? Like, why do I think about these things when I travel? How do I come up with this? Uh, it's pretty simple, uh, it's pretty obvious, it's because I'm racist. So that's fine. So if anybody ever says a review of Shelley Strable's comedy, they're like, yeah, it's a little bit dark. You know they mean racist. <laughs> All right, and that's actually my segue to Black History Month. <laughs> um, black History Month is coming up. I always did like Black History Month. Um, I thought it was a little bit fucked up that it's the shortest month of the year, but I was like, well, it could have been worse. Like, we could have just given them three-fifths of a month. So that's okay, that's okay. But I did ask a friend of mine, like, how do I celebrate, as a, as a white woman, like, how should I celebrate Black History Month? And he was like, well, that's easy, you know, you just, just read some black literature. And I was like, cool, I was like, because I don't know what it is to be an invisible man, you know, and I don't know why things fall apart, but I don't know, I, I thought it was a little bit of a funny recommendation because I never associated black history with literacy. <laughs> My name's Shelley Stravel, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Shelly Strable's actually Filipino. You guys might not have seen that on the radio, but that's the, that's the confusing part about it. She's actually a Filipino. Uh, no, she's not. I'm just telling people on the radio nonsense to uh, be silly. Uh, on the panel right now, it looks like we have Stephanie Silverman again and an Ashton Tate. Awesome. What do you guys have for Shelly Strable? Uh, I, I love how you come prepared. Like, you always come in and you have your set. Like, you've got jokes, and it's like you could, put, you could do that on stage. It's like you're... It's not, you're not like, I'll get up and like what I'm doing right now, not really have finished sentences. Um, I love that about you. I love the examples about Colorado being white. I think you could do a lot more. Like, I don't know, something like, it's like Texas ate South Dakota and had a baby and it was super white. You know, just nice. like what, what happens, it's like the son of two states. Like, you know, that's like the comedian joke that's like, I'm the, I look like so-and-so, fuck so-and-so. It's like Texas fucked South Dakota. I don't know. Um, that's awesome. And with the... <laughs> <laughs> with the bird watching jokes, I love what you're doing with that. The Trump supporters, but what were the what were the Trump birds doing that made them unbelievable? Like, what were they saying? Like, they, what what is something that they could be doing that doesn't that would be like a Trump supporter, but not directly? It's like they just said all this bullshit, or like every time they they chirped, they were, these birds were so weird. They would chirp bullshit, bullshit, and I'm like, oh my god, they're Trump supporters. Uh, just they're all in, they're all in pottery class or something. Yeah, the, they're old birds, you know. They're old. They're, they're yeah, old birds in exactly. the in the thing, and they're, they're like they're they've got their they're like I'm I'm throwing on the new pottery reel. Yeah, I want the birds. I love Trump. Good. <laughs> She's um, a snowbird. So illustrate that a little bit. I could write that out a little bit more. Yeah, just have the birds doing something. Why did what made these birds Trump supporters? Um, I was just surprised. I really was surprised. I was like, <laughs> fuck, this is real. Fuck. Um, I thought I, like I thought the dodo had died, but or I don't know. Oh Jesus, Stephanie. But. I don't know if that works, but whatever. Um, and then I like the rest of it. Uh, except, why are you a racist? I mean, that doesn't, you're not really a racist, you know? Like, so, are you, but are you, what's the, what's the angle there? I mean, The angle there is that I feel like uh, some of the things I kind of get away with 
because I'm a white woman mm-hmm. and black people have told me um, it makes me uncomfortable but your jokes are really funny and I feel like I need permission to laugh. So I'm trying to say something like just explicitly to the audience to like I need I need something in there to give them a relief because a lot of the stuff that I'm saying is pretty it's pretty um, brutal. Okay. So I, it's intended to be a release, and I, it doesn't always work, but with some Maybe it's some, it something does. like, you'll find me in these states, because I'm looking for a place where I can tell these jokes without making people uncomfortable. Oh, well, that's even more accurate. Yeah, <laughs> so just get more accurate. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think that's funny, too, but without, without being, calling yourself out as a racist, because that's pretty serious. It is pretty serious. And you know, and it, but it's, it's serious and not funny, but it, I know you're joking. But what is somebody, if you're having a conversation based on, like, this is white and this is black, I mean, that's a racist. Technically, anybody that looks at people and is able to divide them up that quickly or make stereotypes the way that I'm doing in jokes, that's, you know, it's, 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 uh, journalists wouldn't use that, right? Because you can't go that way in journalism. But in actuality, a racism, racist is somebody that just looks at people and categorizes them based on what they see, which is what all these jokes are doing. I would say a racist stops someone from doing something based on their race. But anyway, we don't have to get into that. That's an ethical world that you live in. I want to live there. <laughs> That's what Wikipedia is for. Right. Go there. We don't have to go there. But okay. All right. Um, yeah, I was curious why you're bird watching. Why were you doing it? Because you were bored? Or? She likes oh, bird dude, watching. That's my thing. I like that shit, dude. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Get older, Ashen. Get older. Well, I don't know. I didn't know if that was uh, if you would have to explain that on stage because I was kind of curious about that. And then, yeah, I would toe the line between uh, calling, like, calling out Trump supporters and then saying something kind of racist that yeah <laughs> i would just yeah kind of like what stephanie said just explain it a little more birds that birds that built little walls no i meant the the racist <laughs> oh. stuff at the end you know what i mean you know what i should do i should tie in the birds to something like why the cage bird sings because maybe it's always getting raped or something it's, I don't gonna, be, it's gonna be too smart yeah, okay. be, oh. well you had that literary joke where you mentioned two books with black stuff uh yeah, that's in why it. native thought. native son is another one that you could throw in there if you wanted uh, for that one, but then the other only one thing I had is that the the mating sound of the bird should from Colorado should be <sighs> <laughs> people or something like just the smoking thing because you didn't really bring up the whole pot smoking in Colorado and if you're gonna talk about Colorado, it's a cute segue. I just thought that that was I thought you were gonna go there, but then you made the same sound twice and I was like, oh God, I hope she breathes in and pretends to cough pot smoke. When I bought the pot in Colorado, I told the guy what I wanted and he looked at me and he said. How long are you going to be here? <laughs> and that was real. Anyway, okay, thank you for the feedback, you guys. Woohoo! Yay! Grable, yay! I'm giving up the spot for someone else. All right. We need someone new on the panel. And while we're all moving around, clap your hands in a moving like fashion toward each other in a slappy motion and put them together, making noise for Connor Doherty. Yay! set from down here. I'm not going to. Someone left their phone up here. Shelly. Oh. Hello. Uh, have you guys seen those weird, those like boner pills they have behind the counter at the corner stores? Before I go off on this bit, I just want to make sure, confirm that someone else has seen these. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Over-the-counter boner pills. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking at the... So the, the, the corner store by my house has two kinds behind the counter. There's one that has a rhinoceros on it, 
and there's one that's like horny goat. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's just like I can't imagine talking to the guy at the corner store about that. Like, hey, uh, can I have some of the boner pills? Which one? Do you want the rhinoceros or the goat? Like, no one wants to be having that conversation, right? Goats! Well, I mean, you're not, you're not buying over-the-counter boner pills, like, if you're not trying to make a change, right? You know, like, you're trying to make something happen. I don't know. I just feel like the fact that they're behind the counter is, like, everything that's wrong with capitalism and microcosm. Because... You know, they're behind the counter for a reason. Someone made a conscious economic decision. They're like, we're going to put the boner pills with the rhinoceros and the goat. We're going to put them both behind the counter because these are high risk for theft. But, like, really, in a just world, people wouldn't have to pay for these boner pills that probably don't work, right? But that's how capitalism works is it like someone has made the conscious decision. I know that there are people out there who will pay for these boner pills that would otherwise have stolen them, and then they have the conversation with the cashier about rhinoceros or goat. I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking about. Pam's into the goat. Oh, man. And I don't want to test them, but... Uh, people always give me, <laughs> this is good because it's like all comedians, so it's kind of inside baseball, but people always give me compliments. They're like, you're funny, you should keep doing comedy. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Something about my act suggests that I'm on the verge, like act and, you know, therefore personality suggests I'm just constantly on the verge of quitting, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I mean, I like, I was planning to keep doing comedy, <laughs> but like, I, I mean, I guess I will. Uh, oh, I hate it. Did any so people watched the football this weekend, right? The football. The football, yeah. Well, so that's the thing is like I actually really like sports, but I a lot of my friends are like these sports ball people, and but like I don't know. I've been dealing with you know straight dudes for a long time. It's like you got to have something to talk about with them, right? You know, it's like either this or porn. And I don't want to talk about porn, so let's talk about sports. I don't know. This guy I know, one of my, I, I mean, he's even my friend. I, he tweeted this thing. He's like, why are sports a thing? It's like, I don't know, because we're all going to die someday. Like, might as well, like, run around, collide with each other. Oh. What else do we have? Okay, I'm pretty much done. Uh, my friend Ginny is here. Ginny's very funny. She's coming up next. I just want to tell you a story about Ginny. We were in a class together, and we were nerds and went to office hours all the time, and Ginny was trying to get with the TA. But obviously, it's not appropriate to hit on your TA. And so, but she also thought that he might be gay. So rather than just hitting on him, she tried to convince me to hit on him to find out if he was gay. Yeah, <laughs> she got with him later. It's fine because she has game like Fetty Wap. All right, that's it. I'm Yay. Connor Doherty. Thank Yay. you. Connor Doherty, stay up there. Stay up there. Stay up there. Stay up there. And Ginny, you're not next year after Stephanie Silverman. I don't want to give you false hopes. Um, <laughs> but, that's, but it's real. She's got game. 
Well, clearly. I mean, you gotta sleep at the TA. You gotta wait till the class is over before you sleep at the TA. Did you wait? That's how you do it. <laughs> Slander. Sorry. You went out with him, didn't you? That's what I'm saying. All right. Comments. <laughs> so, the first thing I want to say is there's nothing wrong with sleeping with your TA. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, the, the boner pills thing, like, I feel like if you buy boner pills from a corner store, I personally would feel safer buying them from a corner drug dealer rather than the corner store. I feel like the actual drug dealer would be more trustworthy. The pills might actually work. Okay. That's where I would go with that. Um, sports ball, I mean, yeah. So, uh, making fun of both sides would be good. Like, people who really give a shit about sports and people who give no shits about sports are really the same. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, football is allegory for war. I don't know if that's why it exists. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can take that into a funny realm, but that's actually why they started playing football. Was Legal there violence. Were, there, were no, there were no wars for, like, an entire generation of kids. So they're like, um, well, we need to, like, hurt each other. Oh, let's make football a thing. So, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. If you can make that funny, go forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like sanctioned violence. Yeah. Like war. Like war. Mm-hmm. I I would just uh my one I was wondering why the pill was had a goat on it. Like a goat to me doesn't seem as something strong in the bedroom. Um, oh well maybe they ma- yeah. I was thinking like if you took the goat pill now I have a really annoying <laughs> orgasm. Uh, that was those were my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But good job. Can do, mo- can do more with the animals on yeah. boner pills. <laughs> Animal noises. It's it's just funny to hear the boner pill joke come out of you because and I always mention that you're so young but I mean you are 24 what I'm the fuck do you need young. boner pills for? Well I know but I'm just looking at them behind okay, the counter. Okay okay oh, you're right. I'm so just then, wondering. So then so then go more harder into that like when I'm wondering like really get into that when I'm thinking about what is it because every time I think I'm like what does he care about the boner <laughs> pills at all you're 24 I thought you know, I don't know. Yeah, I have kind of a general comment which speaks to that. Like when you were talking about your your friend fucking the TA, like you relaxed and you got a lot more laughs and that was just very organic. And if you put yourself in your jokes a little more, I think you're going to get more laughs because those are funny premises. And I, like like Pam was saying, I want to know, what do you th- why are you looking at these? What do these mean? Did you find out? Do you have any research about this? What about when you're talking to men about sports? Do you wish you could talk about something else? What do you talk to women about? Like, what do you think, what do you think women have to talk about? Like, what are, explore, just really explore these and put yourself in the joke and have a conversation with the audience. Because, like, I saw, I saw the difference between the story that you'd, exi- you'd lived and, like, thoughts that you have. And if you can put them together in a better narrative, you're going to get more laughs. It's my opinion. Thanks. Uh, yeah, when I was a kid looking behind the glass at the store, we're looking at, like, porny ma- porno magazines that we can't get to. Like, I think you, I look back up what Pam says about, like, looking at those boner pills back there. I can yeah, get them. I just covet them in some yeah. way, you know. Okay. I mean, I'm trying to think of it more as, like, the interact, like, get in the mind of someone else who's buying them. I have no intention of buying them. I just feel like that has to be a strange interaction where you're talking through the different kinds of boner pills with the guy at the corner store. Which, which is fine, but you have to keep coming back to you as the jumping off point, you know? Oh, like, okay. to weave that narrative. The, and we like it better when you're just talking like you. Okay. That's all. Is that, are we, can we all clap wildly? Yay, Connor Dory! Yay!
kind of dirty. It's very, very likable on stage. So as your next comedian, um, I laughed so hard when she came here because she used to ride this really like, like hardcore, like, like bad bitch, big motorcycle, BMW motorcycle that she comes up today. It looks like she just came out of a fucking film from Italy or something. She's like, <laughs> poop, poop. I got, we got a horn over here. Uh, she's hilarious. <laughs> Put your hands together, everybody. Stephanie Silverman, yay! Workshop. It's awesome. Uh, she's right. I did write up on a. I used to have a, a. I still have it. I have a thousand cc motorcycle, which is like so big and ridiculous and so over the top cool. And then I just got this one cc, 170 cc scooter out there, which looks like a fucking little bug. And it does look like I just wrote out of La Dolce Vita. And I love Pam for getting that reference. I don't know if any of the rest of you do, but. <laughs> But thank you. Yes, it's like I'm writing a bug. I feel like, and I've just gone completely like no protection. I know it's it's a it's a motor vehicle, and I should be wearing like full gear, my full protective gear. But can you imagine I'm like wearing a fully padded like leather or cordura jacket and a full face helmet and boots like <laughs> on, the, on the scooter? It just doesn't look right. I had to get a matching helmet and a cute little coat, and like I can wear little shoes. It's adorable. It's a fashion statement now. Um, not that my purple and white bike wasn't a fashion statement. It's just different. I have a lot of half finished thoughts. Um, I'm going to just finish something from last week. Uh, my boyfriend gained weight over the holidays. I don't care. I love his little belly. I mean, it makes it a really nice place for me to grind against when we're having sex. Um, he wants to get rid of it, but I'm like, sweetie, don't get rid of your stomach, please. I love it. It's great for sex. And he's like, I don't think it's healthy for me to keep this extra weight just so you can have better sex. I'm like, well, wait a second. Maybe we can get like a strap-on stomach. You know, does, does that exist? Is there a place where we can get unconventional sex toys? I mean, come on, there's like gotta be a huge market for it. You can get it in like, you know, rat, like different skin tones. I could get a black one and pretend I'm like fucking a black man. Um, I could get it in like, you know, with freckles, pretend I'm fucking a big fat redhead. I don't know. And it's like, they could have them in like feeling really natural. It's like, feels like real baby fat or <laughs> baby. <laughs> that's, that's funny, but that's not what I meant. Feels like, feels like genuine belly fat. I don't know. I'm trying to go somewhere with that. Um, Let's see, I, I, in my life, I wanna get married. I don't think there's anything wrong with marriage. I like the idea. My friends that have been married and divorced, they hate it, they think it's the worst thing ever. And I'm like, wait a second, is marriage terrible or were you just too young and stupid and pregnant to know better when you yeah. made that decision? <laughs> like, is it really bad or was it, did you make bad choices? Come on, we need to distinguish this. And then I think about it, like, well, wait, maybe if I, okay, when you have kids, maybe divorce can really come into the picture. Like if I had kids, I would divorce the fuck out of them. I hate them. Um, <laughs> but you know, and I wonder, like, like if your relationship can't survive like planning a wedding, like you know, maybe it won't survive like weight gain, fights about money, and erectile dysfunction. I don't know. Like it's a wedding, big deal. Um, well, that I was supposed to open that with. A friend said the wedding ruined his marriage. Like they would have stayed together, but the wedding destroyed it. And so then I was supposed to say, if you can't handle planning a wedding, blah blah blah. That's how that joke was supposed to go. Um, and I don't, I, I don't understand the whole process though. Like, um, like. My boyfriend said that we should get engaged within the year. And I was like, we should get engaged within the year? I'm like, so wait a second. Are we, I, I think and you think that we're going to get married. He's like, yes. I'm like, so aren't we engaged now? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 you don't get, no, I have to propose to you. Then we'll be engaged. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't get this. I just don't, I don't get it. I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, what's the difference? He's like, well, then I can't just walk away. I'm like, you can walk away anytime, sweetie. You got two feet, you can always leave. I mean, does anyone, I mean, does it, what is, what's going on with this? This is a scam, right? Am I the last person to understand this? Yep. It's a scam. It's like there's this ring situation and then we have this scam or this, uh, it's a sham where like we are going to get married and I wait for him to pop the question. Like it's such some big surprise. Like we don't know what's coming and I, I haven't put a ring page on Pinterest that he can look at and go pick out the perfect ring. And he, I was like, oh, I want, he's like, do you want to, 
about, do you want to ring with a stone? And I'm like, I don't care. I just put a piece of tin foil around my finger and call it good. You know, and I said, I just want to see a ring on your finger. I think that's really sexy. And he's like, you want to see a ring on my finger? You know, that makes me really attractive to other women. And I'm like, well, not if I cut your finger off and carry it around with me. <laughs> that's good timing, because that was terrible. That was some terrible shit. Um, people, say, people say weird things to me. One of, these, uh, one of my fans that I... I have them. Uh, she's like, Stephanie, I love, the, I love how you've gone blonde. Uh, I was like, I don't think you know what blonde means, right? Because I'm not blonde. This is not blonde. And it just got me thinking, like, does she, is she, does she just go and make up meanings for words? She just uses words as she sees fit. She's like, she's, uh, she's like eating lobster, and she's like, this is really good chicken. Um, that's a dumb, dumb joke. Uh, yeah, and the, conven the lady from the convenience store likes to comment on my physique every time I go in there. She's like... Yeah, yeah. It's like she's. I, I was gonna buy these Oreos because I was really depressed and I wanted to go get in bed and eat them. And she's like, "Oh, you look very thin. You have lost weight." And then I put the Oreos down. Um, I, and I like. I'm like, "What is? Is she a motivational speaker? What kind? Of, why does she have this control over me?" And then I went in again to buy a kombucha because that's where I buy my kombucha. And she's like, "Oh, you look so good. You have lost more weight. You, your stomach is gone." I was like, "Wait a sec. I had a stomach. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. Know, I didn't know whether to be like offended or complimented." And I don't know what to do with that story. This convenience store lady keeps talking about my body, and I really, I, I don't know what to do with it. And I'm really open to suggestions. So clap wildly, Stephanie Silverman, yay! All right, she's looking for feedback. If, uh, if that convenience store lady is always talking about your appearance, maybe she's hitting on you. That could be that could I mean, be where the joke goes, but yeah. then that would be that would just be she'd just be a dyke, and she's not. She's like this Asian convenience store lady. Yeah. It's just so weird. Maybe, maybe she is. Maybe she's a dyke. I don't know. Or, or she, maybe like, like that's her way of getting like repeat business constantly. Like that's her. Like she went to better business school and like she found out that if you just compliment people constantly, they'll come back. M maybe. So. I mean, I come back every day anyway because that's where I buy my shit. But yeah. maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to relate that to your mother in some way because she was sounding like a naggy mother and I, maybe you could turn it on her and be like, what do you have, empty nest syndrome or something? Nag your own kids. Leave me out of this. Nag your own you kids. Know. Leave me out of it. Okay, call back. Yeah. All right. You about that? So I've noticed that I always burst out laughing at your premises. Like, you just say a thing. Like, I don't know, just the idea of the lady at the convenience store talking. Like, that's just so wildly inappropriate. I think it's just funny in itself, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I have I, a lot of funny, funny premises. I find that that's a challenge for me. And then, yeah. like, finishing the joke, it usually peters off. So yeah. if you got some. But thank you. Well, I'm gonna keep working maybe because you're working with things that are actually happening that are funny. Yeah. Um, uh, when you're writing and you're writing things down, like choose something, just go completely surrealistic, like and be like cats and tinfoil or whatever, just whatever flies into your head, and just like don't don't like try to write it, just like see what comes out mm -hmm. and see if there's some weird non sequitur shit that's just like floating around up in your brain that you just kind of tag, you know, like free riding, brainstorming shit, like just write out, down a bunch of bullshit and then out of it you'll look at it and be like, oh wow, there's like 12 cool th or four cool things in there or whatever. Uh, okay, I'm, I will, I'm gonna try to do that more because I do try to do it, like make little bubbles and stuff and it's all terrible, it's all terrible, it's all terrible. look at that, bubbles. What can really help with taking premises and trying to find the funny in them too, is just when you write them all out, then take out a pen and start slashing words. 
any excess word that you find until you minimize and you shrink it down to this is it. Mm-hmm. Is that in that you'll be able to find where the punch is, and the punchline is. So. All right. Okay. I will, I'll try. Well, all right. Put your hands together, <laughs> Stephanie Silverman. Yay! You guys are listening to MutinyRadio.fm. This is the Joke Workshop. And I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, here every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. with comedians doing their stuff. If you guys have ever listened to this before, obviously, you know Stephanie Silverman. Duh. Uh, hey, your next comedian, we, we don't know her. We're Actually, we're friends on Facebook, so I was able to tag you, which is exciting for me. Uh, um, I guess she went to college with Connor, I'm guessing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Um, and we heard a story about her earlier, sleeping with a T.A., Man, I love sluts. I'm kidding. I, I mean that in the most feminist way possible. Like in a sex-positive, awesome way. Uh, put your hands together, everybody. It's Ginny Hogan. Hey, guys. Um, my name's Ginny. And uh, Connor, you ruined my joke about how in college I um, unsuccessfully tried to get you to sell boner pills to our TA. Um, he, didn't, he didn't want goats or... Rhinos, just gerbils. They were unavailable. Um, so, is this on? Oops, did I, okay. Uh, this is my first time at Mutiny. Um, it's pretty awesome so far. So, I've been in San Francisco like a little over a year. I was in London recently. Um, do we have any any Brits in the house? All right, I'll, I'll do some crowd work later then. Don't worry. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so people in London are really obsessed with crackers, right? And I'm like in the grocery store and I'm looking at these pretty nasty crackers. It's kind of like like saltines, like without the salt, just like eans, and really like zero flavor, but they advertise themselves as being um, good with wine and cheese, which I thought was like borderline absurd because wine and cheese are literally the two most wonderful substances on earth. Like I would drink like blood with wine and cheese. Like I do, I do anything with wine and cheese. And it just kind of like, if a guy like writes on his OkCupid profile, like FYI, the sex with me is good if it includes a vibrator and Bradley Cooper, you know, like if we have all of us there together, like you will have had some good sex that night. Um, so I think it's like kind of false advertising. Uh, so it's 2016. I don't know if anyone's noticed. I have. Um, and I'm trying to work out more. Uh, yoga is not working out for me so well because I like can't figure out the pants situation. And, um, I don't understand how other people like don't have their underwear showing all the time. But anyway, so I was, uh, I was on the elliptical and, um, and I see like a condom, like in the little kind of like water tray, whatever, like a used condom. Um, and it's like, it's like 24 hour fitness, but like really like, that's like all hours, you know, like people going in at like two in the morning and like saddling up to like the treadmill, you know, like let's get it on, on the elliptical. Um, so I'm trying to like figure out how this condom got there. I like picked it up, uh, you know, kind of like tried to like identify it. Um, it's none of yours, don't worry. Uh, and, and I'm just kind of trying to like imagine how it happens that this gets there. And I think it's kind of like, um, like the way that like women might put like models on their fridge, you know, as like a, like diet resolution thing. Like some like very sad man is kind of like on the elliptical. He's going, he's like, I gotta like turn up the resistance. Like what's going to sustain me? Okay. I'll like look at this used condom and like imagine that someday it will belong to me, you know? (laughs) Um, and it's really, 
it's like not uh, anyway so then I got off the elliptical it seemed like my excuse to be done with the gym um yeah so uh I I've like I'm kind of new to doing these open mics and I think it's pretty useful to like look at videos of myself and it also like I'm a narcissist and so I was uh, at work and I was watching like a video of myself um telling that joke and then my boss I like didn't really realize he was like in the office yet and he like comes up behind me and sees me doing this which is like probably like the worst thing that your boss can see you doing because not only am I not working but I'm doing something that's so utterly self-involved like what kind of like a horrible person like wants to <laughs> just watch videos of themselves like I literally would have rather had my boss walk in on me like doing coke while watching the Gil Gilmore Girls because then at least like I'm, I care about like other people like Rory <laughs> and like her mother you know um and like, but, of, and also, like, it's just, of all the things I could be distracted by on the internet, I decided to be distracted by a video of myself telling a joke about licking a condom. Um, and then, like, not only was my boss annoyed, but he didn't even think the joke was funny, which I thought was bullshit. Uh, so, anyway, that's my set. Thank you. Ginny Hogan, stay up there. All right. Hey, guys, comments? Anything for Ginny Hogan? Connor's on there. You go. I'm sorry for slandering you. I didn't mean to. Uh, also, I thought it was very funny, but even if you can't hear yourself on the microphone, you need to always hold the microphone in front because there are people listening on the radio. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that will happen at a lot of other open mics where there isn't an audience on the radio. You also can't hear yourself through the microphone, but it's just generally good. Your uh, your prep your premise for the gym was great and all that, um, but you use a lot of words, you use a lot of words to get to where it was it was going and all that stuff. Um, like I have no problem with any of your premises or your what your you know what's um, your jokes and all that, but you're taking a long time to get to wherever. Like you know you get on the elliptical, and yeah, just a couple of sides with the yoga is great. You know whatever had a little funny aside, but uh, yeah, just a lot of words to get to. The you know desperate old man looking at the condom and stuff like that. Otherwise, and you have some act outs. You can keep working on that. It's all cool. Uh, but that's that's the only real advice I can give. But yeah, good set. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, just try to trim fat wherever you can. Uh, yeah, I think there's a, a lot more you could do with that whole uh, gymnasium condom joke too. Plus, you know, first of all, you're supposed to wipe the machines down, right? You know, like, who who forgot that? And also, like, hey, you know, best workout ever, maybe. The, you know. You know. He came with his full gear, condom on and everything, and he, you know, he, he plateaued, or whatever the word is. Hit his max. <laughs> I like the saltines joke. I like the eens, because that was funny. It's obvious, but it's like, oh, of course, it's funny. Um, and, but uh, when you talk about, what's his name, Bradley Cooper and a vibrator, like, make that clear, because I got it after you said it. But that's like, that's like saying this. That was funny. Good job. Sweet. Keep clapping wildly, everybody, for Ginny Hogan. All right, moving right along, rolling down the track with our next comedian. Rolling on up there. You can be wherever you want to be. Uh, whatever makes you happy. All of the microphones work, but one up there on the stage is the best one. Hey, guys, put your hands together. The very funny Jackson McBrayer. Holy shit, two years, Mutiny Radio. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Uh, so, let's see, where do I start? Uh, I hate the fact that people compare love and relationships and sex 
to war or a game of chess? Because I think that's bullshit. Like, see, in chess and in war, there's a winning team and a losing team. But if you're fucking someone, you should both be winning. Like, also, it's totally fucking ass backwards. Like, you have to make moves to win them over. Like, women want to fuck me. I'm not tricking them into doing it. Like, they win something too. I just fucking hate it. Like, I think we should change the way we talk about relationships. Like, you know what, it's, it's not like war. It's like a peace treaty or a peace negotiation. Okay, two sides with differing values come together, talk about shit, figure out what they want, where they can bend and where they will never bend, and what they do want to do and what they don't want to do, and then you fucking come to an arrangement, and like they say in negotiation, in any negotiation, the, the sign of a truly good negotiation is both sides feel like they got screwed. And yes, that works. But you know, if you're polyamorous, it becomes more complicated, because then, then it's like, okay, France is on this side, and America's on this side, and Zimbabwe's on this side, and like, it becomes more complicated, but it also becomes kind of easier, because you're like, okay, Zimbabwe will do this, America's not gonna do that, okay, that's fine, but as long as I'm getting my dick sucked, everybody's happy. I know the analogy falls apart there, but I'm keeping it. Uh, I, I was told recently that I talked too much about sex and I should cut back on it, uh, and I figured it out. It's not that I'm not having enough sex or that I'm having too much sex, it's that I'm a sex addict. So unless I'm literally having sex every day, it's on my mind. Like, that's just the truth. Uh, no joke there, I just wanted to explain because I've been getting a lot of feedback from a lot of comics that I talk too much about my sex life, and that's fine. Talk about something else for once. Uh, I'm going to Chicago, which is gonna be awesome. And I have to rep San Francisco, of course, and be funny. And one of the things that people don't know is that the disabled movement in the 60s didn't start in San Francisco. It actually started in Berkeley. A bunch of cripples all got together, like 50 plus cripples, all got together and decided to protest the police. And they all got arrested. And you know what happened next? The cars couldn't fit all their wheelchairs. They have to leave half of them behind. And they're like, see, this is why we're protesting. And then when they got to the fucking police station, the police station wasn't accessible, so most of them couldn't even be arrested. And they're like, all we wanted was to be arrested, and you can't even do that for us? Fuck you. And so in the, in the spirit of accessibility, that's why I have a bike lock. Because if I'm gonna fuck a girl on the second floor, I need to be able to lock up my wheelchair and crawl up her stairs. It's important. Oh, right now my leg is twitching. You've all heard that joke. Um, oh, fuck. What did I want to end on? Oh, uh, the most... Oh, fuck. Look at me. Uh, the most overpowered superhero to ever be rewritten for the current time is actually no one you think it would be. It's Meteor Man. Because Meteor Man had a power where if you touched a book he would know everything in that book. And if you modernize that for now, he'd just pick up a Kindle and know everything in the universe and also have Superman's powers. That guy's way too powerful. Don't know where to go with that, but it's funny. All right, thank you, I'm Jax McBrayer. Clapping for Jackson McBrayer. All right, here we are on the panel time. I don't know who's to who told you or gave you feedback about you and sex jokes. Fuck them. Do not listen to them. Second, uh, 
Meteor Man, you might want to give people a point of reference for that. People who were not children, like in the early '90s, may not know what that is about. Does everybody who know? Does, is everybody in here familiar with Meteor, Meteor Man? Yeah. Oh, I'm older than that. I have no idea what it means, but I'm 41, so it's different. Meteor Man. Meteor, no. San Francisco. There's a black superhero, guys. With Sinbad and Bill Cosby was in that movie. Anyway. Thank you. Yes. Oh. Uh, the sex. Did too many just sex jokes and all that? Like. When I see, I'm like, oh. sex jokes and all that. You're, it's going in and out. It's kind of one of those. You have it's to coming in with a unique very, uh, perspective very, or whatever. I don't care if I hear it's for him, but uh, but yeah. And so you can just work that in as far as like if you're gonna uh, complain about people complaining about it, like, and it's mostly because myself included. It's just like dudes are just jealous that you know we're not in a wheelchair and I can't. I still can't get laid. And you're fucking two or three girls at a time all the time. And I'm not. Yeah. And it just like it's just like bit, we're just bitter. Like what the fuck, man? Like. What's it, you know, whatever, but uh, just work on something like about, yeah, just fucking be even more braggadocio. That's why I love it about it, you know what I mean? Or unassuming, he's oh, doing a wheelchair and he's coming out talking about how fucking he deep dicks all these fucking chicks and they're just, God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but yeah, keep that and keep talking about sex. Fuck that. It's not like you're just, what's the dipper? What's the deal with, you know, pussies? It's Thanks, man. It's, it's unique and it's funny and yeah, keep going. So you have good habits. Uh, yours is out now too. Well, kind of, there you go. Now you're in. Okay, you have this really good habit of, of especially at the beginning of your sets, when you're more. Uh, it's out again. You very clearly state your premise in like one sentence, and it's really powerful. Ah, you got it. Set it and forget it. The way that you state your premises clearly when you do so before your jokes is super helpful and really good because we know what you're getting into, and I appreciate when you do that. Um, a good relationship is more like a peace treaty. I thought that was great. Did you realize the number of times you said the word come? Like you can just shorten that joke and be like, a good relationship is like a peace treaty. You come together, you talk about shit, and then you come together. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was so obvious that, what, that the joke was that you, yeah, okay, yeah, you really did and it was fantastic, but you can shorten that joke and have it be more powerful. Yeah, so many, yeah, it's a, but you come together. The whole point was like, come together. Um, you do realize that the, the, that the disabled movement, that that's funny in itself, right? <laughs> okay, and, um, and I really like the story that you have to keep leaving half behind and that you couldn't be arrested. I really think that's funny. Uh, and, and that's all I've got for you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, any more comments? Jackson McBride! All right. Yeah, the two in front, they're kind of set it and forget it mics. They're kind of like, they're like, hey, once they're in, that networks now, that's good. And just don't take them out. Uh, all right, you guys are listening to the Joke Workshop here on mutinyradio.fm. Your next comedian is all the way from Germany. Oh, that is a far, far away. I think it's eight hours in the future. You guys clap uh, like you're in the future with her. It's Ingrid Wenzel. Thanks, Pam. I love it how you announced me from Germany because it's true, yeah, but I feel like being foreign is nothing special in San Francisco, right? Like, like nothing. Like, everyone is foreign here, right? I feel like when you're from here, like born and raised, it's more exotic than when you're from Germany and doing stand-up in San Francisco because we in Germany are a development country when it comes to Germany. 
I was uh, at that other, what was that other brain, uh, brainwash open mic? And I talked to a fellow comedian. I was like, hey, I'm from Germany. He's like, oh, Germany. Isn't that the place where comedians steal and perform bits from Louis C.K.? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is what we're famous for in America? Ooh, that's really bad. Just keeps adding up. Um, <laughs> one thing I, I never, though, as a German, get never used to in American culture is small talk. Like, you guys are so good with talking. Like, I don't even dare to come up here and talk in the microphone. Like, I'm just like, oh my god, talking? It seems kind of weird because I'm on stage, but I, it's a hard process of learning. And uh, when you, like, for example, in America, you say, hey, how are you? And you answer, good, how are you? In Germany, when you're asked, how are you? Germans will tell you. <laughs> Life is awful and existentialist, and um, <laughs> it's not really your fucking business how I really am. So that's a um, German point of... <laughs> Actually, my worst job ever was when I was paid to do small talk. Yeah, I, I worked in a hotel, like, holiday thing for families, and um, I was paid to do small talk to the guests. And that was the worst job ever, because the guests were not American. They were German. So, so I was, it was like a, like a host or something. So I had to walk around and engage people into conversations to make them feel like all welcomed and shit. And it was just the worst place ever. Like I had to give up, like I had to hand in the day when I started working my passport and my dignity. <laughs> and so um, I walked up to these German tourists. I'm like, hey, how are you guys? This is none of your business. Okay, well, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to talk to myself either right now. Um, they're like, yeah, we're just trying to enjoy ourselves. It's like, okay, I, I get it. So um, I was like, this is not socializing, this is disrupting. You know, that's how we call it. So um, what was I, I always put it in my hand. Um, so yeah, German tourists are horrible, especially in San Francisco. Now, anyway, and like the guests there at the Holiday Park were always like, like some were really nice to me. They were like, hey Ingrid, how do you actually put up with us? Like, how can you put up with us? I'm like, well, I only have to put up with you for two weeks. You guys have to put up with yourselves your whole life. <laughs> and um, yeah, there was a um, fun thing until I fell out of bed um, there at the holiday camp. It was like the top bunk bed, and I fell out with my head first, hit the head of the table, and yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not bad, I just had a minor concussion, you know, but I still went to work, because I had to work every day there, and I had to help out in the kids' club. Oh, God. And I hate kids. <laughs> but I looked like Frankenstein that day, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> so I walked there, and my boss was like, oh my God, Ingrid, you gotta go to the hospital, because I was like the last unicorn, you know, I was like bruised and blue and, and shit, and um, I was like, okay, I should go to the hospital, but then her boss told me, hey Ingrid, have you ever heard of a comb-over? <laughs> and I said, no, I, I have not. So I had this huge horn here, and um, she told me what a unicorn, what a unicorn, no, what a, <laughs> a uh, comb-over is. So I ended up wearing my hair like this, <laughs> being like the female Donald Trump. <laughs> And if you're on the radio right now, I look really stupid. <laughs> 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 
And um, yeah, so this is how I work at the kids club. And then I got one day out for a concussion and I, it was my worst job ever. But now I know how to small talk. So at least I got that for me, which is nice. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thanks. Ingrid. Ingrid Wenzel all the way from Germany with awesome yeah. stories. Comments. I, I, I was so entranced by your story, I forgot to honk you. So that's a, that's a compliment. All right, so I too liked the, uh, the talk about, I liked your small talk story. Um, I would love to see, I don't know what kind of a writer you are or, what, or how you write your stuff, if you do. Uh, I would love to see a fucking sketch about a German hospitality school. <laughs> like at Cornell, right? You can get a degree in hospitality. Like what would a German hospitality, now you're gonna have to like uh, explore a little bit of dialogue. I know personally, I can't fuck, I'm terrible at writing dialogue. If you're good at that, this is totally like an opportunity to use that. Like tell us how bad you are at small talk. Give us perfect examples of it. You know what I mean? Like it's such a good idea. Like it's such a golden concept you have with that. Um, also, uh, I liked the, or not liked, but uh, thumbs up on hitting your head on the bed. No, you know what I mean. But like when you were telling us a story about how you hit your head, I was almost expecting you said, you know, I fell off, I hit my head on the bed and now I do stand-up comedy. Like, you know what I mean? Something like yeah. that to tie it back to like how you got here. But those were the two, um, thanks for being here. Those were the two ideas I had for you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I love the story. Like the German hospitality is great. I think that's a great story. And I, when you told, when you said you look like Frankenstein and hated kids, I was honestly expecting like a Hansel and Gretel like sort of comment somewhere in there. You guys know that story? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah all the grim fairy tales are pretty well known in America, so you can tap into all that. But yeah, I was just expecting like I look like Frankenstein. I hate children. I just wanted to like bake them in a pie or something. You know, <laughs> just throw it in there. Uh, but yeah, I really liked your stuff, and I totally agree that being from out of town is way less rare than like actually meeting a native San Franciscan. So that's a very relatable joke. Okay. Good job. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say to the radio audience that you completely perfected the female Donald Trump look. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, it was, it was, it was scrum trilescent. Uh, put your hands together, everybody. Ingrid Wenzel, yay! <laughs> All right, we're trucking right along here, folks, uh, with our next comedian. Last week, uh, we got like drunk and hung out in the rain outside the station late with uh, Jonathan. It was a really fun time. Put your hands together, funny guy, Ian Levy. Hey, guys. Um, I... Um I try to think a lot about the uh, the big questions, you know, the uh, kind of, are we are we alone in the world? Is there a God? What's the meaning of life? And I keep time and time coming back to one question that I think dwarfs all of those, and it just, no matter how much I think about it, I can never I can never find uh, an answer. I can never find true peace with it. The question is, I I, I always wonder the. Um, is Sean Penn a journalist? That's really, that's what I want to know. I mean, it's not, you know, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out because constantly I go to my friends and say, is, is Sean Penn a journalist? And they say, clearly, 
He is. If you if you look at his his work as um, a mentally disabled man in I Am Sam, that shows some real journalistic integrity. And I tell them, no, I think I think you're confusing uh, being an actor with a journalist. That's um, that's a different a different field altogether. And it's it's really puzzled. You know, it's puzzled people for generations and eons. You know, it, at my at my house, there's just a, a picture of Sean Penn with little little bits of string connected to articles on the Huffington Post. I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. It's a really, this is a question that needs to be answered. And I, for years, I thought I was, I thought I was alone. I thought I would just never, I would never find the bottom of this. But, but lo and behold, the other day I was in Posh Bagel, as you do in San Francisco, and I saw they had uh, CNN on the TV, and CNN, you know, to, to praise their, their journalist integrity, had the, the sound was muted, but I could get the, the, the basic concept of what was on the TV because there was a, a caption that kind of summarized the story. And, and you, might not, you might not guess what that story was, but it said, is Sean Penn a journalist? Question mark. And I thought, finally, we are gonna get to the bottom of this question. Because you know out there, there was, there's an editor for CNN, a journalistic editor, who woke up one morning and said, what are we gonna talk about today? There's people dying in the world, there's famine, there's poverty. How are we gonna make the world a better place? I'm not gonna sell out with the normal stories. I'm gonna say what matters, what the people care about. We are gonna find out if Sean Penn is a journalist. <laughs> And I said, God bless America. <laughs> and I wept. No, the answer's no, he's not. <laughs> but, but, but CNN's not a news organization, to be fair. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I gotta spend, I gotta spend some, something that doesn't have to do with uh, Sean Penn. I gotta spend some time in, uh, in Germany a while back. Um, and I, I really, I really liked it. I had a good time, and I feel like from going to open mics and hear people talk about it. When people bring up Germans, um, they're all they really like, like in, in the stand-up world, in the joke world, at least in America, it's always just Nazi jokes. That's exactly that's right where it goes to. And I don't think that's very fair because I've I've good friends with some German people, and they're nice, lovely, you know, humorless people, and. And there's so much more to them. They they uh, they love rules in Germany. I found the thing that blew my mind is jaywalking doesn't exist. There's no one. If you go to a city in Germany and you stand by the side of the road and it's a red light and you'll look, no car, no car, and all the German people go like, yeah, this is how it works, yeah. And then and then if you break that rule, if you just start walking for it, you get dirty looks from little old women, and it just it, it everything goes crazy. Um, the, but but I think I think the it's weird the whole Nazi thing assuming German people uh, the making that connection because no one does that to other countries there isn't some other atrocity no one you know at a party will will be there and go like oh oh Josh is here he's American <laughs> oh no Josh I hope no Japanese people come because you're gonna intern them. <laughs> Let's just relive the darkest moments of this generation's <laughs> past. <laughs> okay, thanks guys. <laughs> That's all I got. Yay! Ian Levy. All right, stay up there. We have people, comments.
People in comments. Okay, so hi, Ian. I'm Shelly. Hello, Shelly. Hello, it's good to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Ian, how what like uh, how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, about a month. Awesome. So your first part about Sean Penn was really intriguing. Uh, and annoying and that's it's and it's fantastic how you stick with it. It's no I really like it um, I wanted it to be like a little more eccentric and faster at times uh, Because you are so involved in it and it really is good And I thought that the climax of that was when you were at posh bagel and you saw CNN echo echoing your sentiments And I just felt like um, I don't know if you do you write a lot. No, Okay, because this, uh, in all sincerity, the way that you told it, it would have made, like, it sounded like a humorist piece. Like, it was so funny that it sounded like uh, it could have been very, very good if it were written. Um, so there are lots of different ways to express whatever. But anyway, just so you know, I don't know what your voice is, uh, but I would love to see that done by a more eccentric Ian. Because yeah. it's funny, and I would bite harder if you were a little bit crazier about it. Because um, we all agree. We all agree. Um, it will also make your no at the end of Sean Penn is Sean Penn should is an actor journal your, It will make your no more effective if you are able to get us to climax on that story okay? um, Also the Germans I thought that's fantastic uh, it, You missed an opportunity to uh, call back to Ingrid's set and uh, To reference the point that like they're not good at this or they're good at this and her and her small talk And when you get booked which I'm sure you're gonna get booked soon if you haven't been already um, Make sure to uh, Play into people's sets before you because the audience has been there the whole time and they want to know that you have been too I didn't I didn't want to call her out because uh, I try not to ostracize people you but you but it was so good It was no I mean it was good it was good and it was sweet and you know what I mean like feel free to, to do that because yeah, yeah, it's no, really no, just no, a compliment to her yeah <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You know yeah, I mean. yeah, no, but they, yeah. Minus the Nazi part. Yeah. Uh, I just walked in on the tail end of it, so I missed a lot, but um, I assume the joke was something about people saying stuff that are anti-Semitic at the very end. No. And that, well, you said something about how people, Japanese internment camps, right? Yes. But you said it as though people don't say stuff like that when legitimately most people in the city would be like, yeah, I would say that. Oh, really? Most about, people, about Americans? Yeah. A lot of people in the city are super judgmental. All I'm saying is that wasn't that far-fetched. Okay. So if I were you, I would go even more extreme because like, I think most people, at least in major cities, that is a conversation that they probably do have yeah. in some weird form. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Ian all right, we have a rock block of Ian's. That's weird. It's two Ian's in a row. Hey guys, clap your hands together. It's Ian Edels. I should have peed before I came up here. I didn't. Um, last week I saw a really sad thing walking down Market Street. Um, I saw a guy crying while riding a Razor scooter. Um, which there's just so many things wrong with that because crying's fine. Like, cry. I wish I cried more. Cry in public. That's great. Riding a scooter's fine. It's a great form of transportation. Doing the both at the same time just doesn't, doesn't work. You know, um, you could cry while driving. I've seen that. I've done that. Um, you know, cry while riding a bicycle. That'd be really intense if you're just like... 
you know, or cry while on a skateboard, but on a scooter, it doesn't work because then it, it, the, the physical doesn't match the, what you're going through that, you know, someone's just like, uh, Yeah, I um, I laughed at a crying person. So, <laughs> hi, my name's Ian. Um, which brings me to my next point. Um, my genitals were mutilated when I was eight days old. Um, thank you. Um, and a lot of people, it's called circumcision. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, but I am Jewish, so when you're Jewish, you don't just get circumcised when you're born. You have a party dedicated to it. So when I was eight years old, my parents threw this huge party where my family came, my family out of town came, centered around my baby dick. That, the whole party was about making my baby dick more of a baby dick. Um, and yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And so my, I, I talked to my uncle. My uncle is a very interesting man, lives in Las Vegas, and he, I visited with him little while ago and he had this conversation and you know he asked me the questions like oh Ian like how's San Francisco how's the music going and I was like oh the music's great I'm working at an artisanal chocolate shop so it's it's going awesome oh Ian what's your future like oh and then I said whatever and then right after that he's like god I remember your bris Ian I remember being at your bris and I'm just thinking dude you can't fucking do that you can't make me feel bad about not doing adult things and you know my future sucks and then talk to me about when I was eight days old, how you saw my penis get cut by some old hairy rabbi. That's, that's not fair. Um, yeah. Whew. Um, you know, I was thinking actually now, I thought of this thing that happened to me at sleepaway camp a while ago. Um, I was like 13 or 14 and I was walking. We were like walking in a group and I was with this girl that I really liked, but I didn't know what to do or what any of that meant or anything. And I remember she asked me for some chapstick. And so I gave her some chapstick and she put the chapstick on. And then she said in this like coy way, like, oh, like, would you like some chapstick? Kind of meaning like, oh, would you like to kiss me or whatever? And uh, what I said was, oh, no, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> And that happened when I was 13, and I feel like that is a symbol for all the sh shit that's happened with me with girls since then. <laughs> that, that represents everything, where I've had so many times in my life where the girl's like, hey, Ian, do you, do you want some chapstick? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. My lips are chapped. I don't, I'm, my lips are, are not chapped. I'm good. And then I go to bed, and then I get chapped lips. And I'm like, fuck, I should have fucking got the chapstick. Um, so I'm going to leave off with... Uh, Two jokes. First one is a penis joke. Uh, my penis is like my politics, slightly to the left. Um, I am flaccid about domestic policy, and I am a chronic premature ejaculator. So uh, that didn't go off how I thought it would go off. Um, so uh, the, the craziest thing about jacking off in an airplane bathroom um, is that it gives a whole new meaning to the joke, wow, I just flew in and boy, are my arms tired. All right, thank you. Ian Adels, yay! Comments? Comments? Uh, I rolled in right when you said my genitals were mutilated, and I was like, oh, circumcision joke, nice. Um, but I, I thought it's funny because that's actually why Americans get uh, circumcised is because Kellogg thought that it would curb masturbation. And he actually was trying to get female 
uh, like circumcision to happen. So like that actually has some parallels. Um, I don't know if that's funny, but it's true. Uh, and then I liked the whole thing about like not not getting not being good with girls when you're 13 because that's like super relatable. So yeah, good good stuff, man. Um. I misheard you that when you first said, I thought you said eight years old. I was going to be like, who gets a circumcision at eight years old? And so I was going to say that might be funny if you say that, because otherwise, it, I don't see, like, it's interesting, but there's nothing funny in it, right? Yeah. And so but it could be funny, right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be true. Yeah. So, and then the other point I was going to say is anytime you tell a joke, don't wait for the audience to let you know it's okay, because you ended every sentence like this. Does that make sense? Yeah, so. Yeah. The reason no one would laugh at that is because you don't know whether you're waiting for people's approval for no reason. You don't need their approval. Does that make sense? Like you don't need anyone's approval for anything. Fuck us. Yeah. I thought it was a really funny set. I laughed aloud a bunch of times. I don't have anything like specifically like boo about it. I enjoyed all the, I mean, I'm a Jew. I love circumcision jokes. <laughs> I have I have some of my own. I have jokes about touching baby dick. I'm down anytime anyone else wants to talk about it because it makes me look like much less of a pedophile. So I'm like, talk about baby dicks all day. <laughs> Although I guess you used to have a dick, so talking about your own baby dick is a different thing. Anyways, <laughs> I want people to say baby dick more often. Me too. <laughs> like, yeah, good. Any, any comments, guys? Anybody? That means a hey, a quiet set. That means it's good. Everybody, put your hands together. Ian Adele. You're martyrs. They're just victims. They have nothing to add. That's nice. All right. Your next comedian. I just, you defy description. So just everybody clap. It's FC Sierra. Thank you, everybody. Um, I'm not going to need your feedback. I need to work on something. Uh, I I never like showing women my bald spot, uh, so I never let them see my anus. But aside from that, guys, I need to move on and talk about a thing that happened to me last week. Uh, approximately uh, seven days ago, I spent uh, over nine hours in the emergency room uh, of the Kaiser Building in San Francisco uh, being looked upon by some of the most advanced medical professionals on this earth. Some of the most intelligent people that walk on this planet, it was Kaiser, but still they were smart. Like some of the most intelligent people that walk this earth were conversing, looking upon me, investigating my issues and trying to figure out what was my deal. It was an honor. I should tell you right now, they were looking at my balls. I'm sorry, they were, I had, uh, I don't know if you have ever been at your job uh, at eight o'clock in the morning after you've woken up really early and you know had a nice uh, bit of espresso, maybe a macchiato, uh, cause Joe the barista makes it. And all of a sudden, uh, while you were standing, you feel some sort of tugging, pulling, grabbing, twisting, Everything on this earth is terrible tug from the, the inner depths of your soul, but I felt that I felt that inside of myself I actually collapsed at work two times um, And I don't know where this was. I don't know 
it, it was it was like a ghost was deciding to punch me in the balls. Like, I don't know what my curse is. Like, I've desecrated Native American stuff. I know I have. I don't know if there's a curse upon my body that said that you're going to have this affliction hit you right then. So I knew that I had a problem um, because I talked to a comedian that I work with named Dave. Uh, and I was like, hey, man, you ever had a feeling in your body where it feels like someone's yanking your balls and twisting them and pulling them out of your body? Uh, and he, I'll never forget his response. He said, uh, no. And then uh, he said, you should go to the doctor. Uh, so I called Kaiser, uh, apparently uh, with the amount of money that I make and the plan that I have, they were like, yeah, a lot of people go to the emergency room in this situation. What we're gonna suggest for you is set up an appointment Go to the regular Kaiser building, we'll go from there. So I actually took a ride to the Kaiser building, decided I'm not gonna drive, let's not try, I, I don't wanna walk anymore, let's, let's get me up to this building. Uh, I got up to the building and I went up to the floor that I needed to get to and the, the doctor looked at my, all my region, he was touching, like I knew it was not, you know, I'm kinda wanting this to happen because he was the ugliest dude I've ever had touch my dick. It was so weird uh, and like, I don't know if you ever had a doctor touch you there where you kind of want to say, I'm a grower, not a shower. But it was, I didn't want to be that guy anyway. So he starts touching and he was like, you know, checking out what was wrong with me and seeing what was, he took a pee sample. Turns out when you get a, a pee test nowadays at hospitals uh, with your pee cup and the others, they give you a moist towelette uh, so you could like, not not like app not like before the thing it's just like they give you a mo it's like your dick ordered barbecue ribs at a restaurant it's just like they give you the right thing to clean yourself after anyway so i got that test after he looked at my test he was like i can't find out what's wrong with that you know what you should do you should go to the emergency room and i was like oh fuck really uh and he was like yeah go to the emergency room i was like okay where's the emergency room he was like oh it is about half mile up Geary on that 30% incline uh, in the rain that you will have to slalom walk around human shit like it's a hot lava game. Uh, so I walked up there. He was like, you know, sometimes we have cabs, but truth is, probably not gonna happen right now. You might have to walk. So I walked up there holding my ball area in the least lewd way that I could. I was trying to do it like, you know, touching there, but not just making sure that it wasn't falling out. Anyway, get to the emergency room. I spent two hours waiting to get into the emergency room and then nine hours in the emergency room, some of the most intelligent people in the world touching my dick and trying to figure out what was wrong with it. Like, I wish that happened way earlier in my life than it happened, but I had the most, I had CAT scans, MRIs, blood test, not from there, but blood tests performed, inje arm injection, anyway. I had, if you ever had some sort of ultrasound happen on your uh, I'm pregnant area where I wanna take a picture of my baby, just know that that picture of your baby is being taken with the same camera that was used by some angry Asian woman to rub on this for way too long. Uh, and my penis kept on moving in the way. She kept on asking, can you please move it out of the way? And it kept on like, hey, what's going on over here? You guys partying? And so it was trying to get in the way, but I moved it out of the way. Um, anyway, uh, and they would, they were asking me the entire time, what's your pain level? Is it like on a scale of one to 10, what's your pain level? And I was like, I, I don't, I don't, 
I don't know. And they're like, just, you know, like, describe. What's your picture? I was like, I want nothing to exist, ever. Like, I wish, I wish nothing ever existed. I wish my parents were never born, so they never met, so they never had me. That's what I feel right now. And they were like, so like a seven? I was like, yeah, like a seven. Uh, anyway, there's like, there's like another eight hours to that story, but I, I should get off stage. Uh, you guys, let's, let's keep the... It, it's so much more, Pam. Uh, it's so much more dick story. More dick. More dick. More dick. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, let's. I, I have to process this. Like right now, at, at this moment, like it's still up in the air. I don't know. Like it. It dropped, but it's up in the air. Is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that as I left and and. I had male, I had male nurses, uh, and I was supposed to get two shots of morphine throughout that night. They gave me six shots of morphine because every male nurse came in there. They were like, "Hey, buddy, how you holding up? All right, you want another shot of morphine?" I was like, "Ah, colors!" And so they gave me six shots of morphine. I felt nothing up on this part of my body for like nine days. It was fucking great. Uh, but everywhere else, it was terrible. And you would never believe how deep. Like, rabbit out of a hat, how far somebody could stick their hand into your scrotum and have it disappear. Susan Brim had her entire hand to the wrist disappear. PhD, she went to Ohio State. Whole fist fit inside of my scrot. No offense. Anyway, moving, uh, what? There's, I, I, I'm not even, there's so much shit to this story. Uh, bottom line is they have no idea what's wrong with me. I had multiple PhDs come in there. They, like they were calling out the fucking relief pitcher. They were like, let's send in the arm. And they had another guy come and grab my dick and nothing happened. I, I tripled the number of people that have touched my dick in my entire life in one night. And they were all doctors. Like my mom would be fucking proud if I told her, but I didn't. Um, so anyway, I don't know, unbeknownst to me or the medical profession, God and man, my balls remain a medical mystery and I'll let you guys know on my blog when I'm done with them. Anyway, thank you guys. Keep clapping for FC Sierra. Balls. You weren't gonna have kids anyways, right? Were you thinking about it? No, he doesn't want kids. Don't worry about the balls. We were at the noodles. It's no big deal. Dogs get them all the time. Your next comedian is, uh, he's, yeah, he's been giving some good comments today. And uh, put your hands together for him. It's Matthew Quirk. He really took away from my uh, hernia set. I was going to go, I was going to get into my hernia situation, but now I better come with new material. All right, Martin Luther King Jr. Day today. And out of respect, I'm working up here for free. Actually, I did go to work today because I work with uh, Mexicans. I don't work with black people, so we all had to go to work today. All right, that was, that was pretty racist. Let me back off that statement. I work with Mexicans, Salvadorians, Guatemalans, and Nicaraguans, not black people. And like one other white guy. So we all went to work today. All right, racist humor, killing. Uh, let's see, what else do I have to say about that? Uh, so, I normally get political up here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again here. And I'm going to talk about 
Also something rather racist. Guns. And how I'm so sick of the fucking gun arguments that people have for guns. For example, a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. Let's be real here. Nobody here knows a good guy. You know some all right dudes and some tolerable people, but nobody knows a fucking hero. And as an example, if I was to hop off this stage here and just punch somebody in the face, nobody here would do anything about that. At best, you would grab your drink and back up to make sure I didn't spill your drink. No one would go for their two guns and stop me. So I just can't take this good guy with a gun thing. I also can't take their argument that they get a gun for defense. They get a gun because they're cowards. You don't use a gun for defense. It's for offense. Unless you're one of those like quick draw guys who can like shoot the gun out of his hand before he shoots you. Maybe if you're real skilled like that. Or if you're one of those people, I know, you're going to shoot the bullet out of the air because you got good aim. That, that would be a good... If you could do that shit, then a gun is for defense. Defense is more like, you know, running away, hiding, pleading for your life. That's defense. I know we all saw Karate Kid, right? Yeah. And you saw Karate Kid 2, where Miyagi goes back to get that trick he left over in the village, right? And she's still waiting there 40 years after his wife died. She's still waiting there the whole time denying the richest guy in town. Very realistic story. Anyway, <laughs> do you remember when he was going to get punched by his arch rival? Because when he comes back 40 years later, his arch rival's like the richest guy in town. And he's like, you know, the guy's about to punch him. It's a big thing. And then something happens that distracts him from the movie. And it gives Daniel son a chance to be like, oh, my God, he was going to punch you. What are you going to do? And Miyagi's like, fucking block, Daniel son. What the hell were you doing all summer, man? Sand, sand. I was going to block. That's a defensive move. Now, if Miyagi said I was going to punch him, that's using offense. See the difference? Thanks, man. Life lessons and other things from Matthew Quirk. We're actually gonna not, not, cut. Not we're actually gonna cut out the. Um, in order to have time for the rest of our comedians to all do sets, we're just gonna not have comments if that's okay with everybody. Just because I want to make sure we have time for everybody before the next show. FTW rolls in. I'm sorry. We just. We really don't have. To, if if I. If okay. So we're moving on. Hey guys. Your next comedian is super funny guy. I hope that you enjoy his minutes. Put your hands together. It's Tommy McGuire. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Mutiny. Two years, huh, girl? You go, girl. That's how I celebrate. Sorry. Would you not think I meant it? I'm sorry. You go, girl. Remember, right? You little fucking oomph in it. Oh uh, man, that is that's great news. Um, I got some bad news for maybe two of you. Great news for everyone else. I am moving the fuck out of San Francisco. Bye, dudes. It's fucking ironic, man, because the reason I came here all the way three thousand miles away from New York is like the same reason I'm being like pushed out. Like I moved here, 
because it's like you know it's fucking gay. You know what I mean? Like it was cool. Like I'm not a gay person myself, but I'm just like that's they best Halloween parties ever. Okay, yeah. they're fucking dope. All right, good drugs, all that stuff. But now I, I gotta leave because it's just gotten so fucking gay, dude. Just the negative contest. It's okay. There's been a penis in my mouth. I can say that. Okay, I've been in San Francisco ten years. It happens. But uh, yeah, I gotta go, man. These fucking tech nerds are just just blowing blowing up the spot. And uh, it's all right though. Uh, I'm gonna be able to afford, you know, I'm, be, I'm 35 years old. I'm finally gonna have a fucking savings account. It's gonna be pretty sweet. Pretty stoked on that. Yeah, yeah, those are my goals for 2016. Save $2. Um, and I, I haven't been doing mics a lot. I'm kind of rusty out of focus. And I'm, you know, I, I, got, I reached a certain level. I've gotten like, you know, a year and a half in, and it's time, time to either really like fucking nut up or shut up or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of worried about like, Half the reason I'm doing this is, is for fame, right? We all want to be famous. That'd be really, really cool. But now I'm like second guessing like being famous, because like I just don't want I just don't want to reach the level of fame to when I die, Facebook is fucking unbearable for like three days. That's just such a bummer. Like fucking Lemmy died. Something fucking t- oh, god damn it. Fuck Lemmy. Bowie died. Now that's a fucking artist. Sorry. Uh, I, I didn't mind that, but yeah, um, sorry, Lemmy, you sucked, <laughs> you're overrated, I don't know, this is going well, well huh, um, well, listen, I, I'm sorry, it's not Lemmy's fault, I, it's not Lemmy's fault that I hate him, I hate Lemmy, like, worshippers, okay, I worked at Pops for fucking eight years, those motherfuckers drove me nuts, same fucking song over and over and over again, and I tend to judge books by their cover, you know what I mean, like, um, well, it's because they're books, too. Like, how else are you supposed to judge them? By, by their fucking goddamn, you know, achievements? <laughs> Fuck. Um, but yeah, especially when it comes to music. When it comes to music, I always judge a book by the cover. Like, who's going to their shows? You know, fucking, I hate Motorhead and I hate Lemmy. I've listened to two of their songs. I don't have real time to judge, but I just hate their fans. You know what I mean? Fucking Juggalos. Same shit. You know what I mean? They give uh, w- good wiggers like me a bad name. All right, fucking <laughs> cu- country music, man. I fucking hate country music. I mean, I'm not saying country music is racist, but country music is racist music, okay? <laughs> That's their shit. And, uh, yeah, man, just... But all, right, the, but all that falls out the fucking window when it comes to sports. I, if I judge a fucking book by its cover, I wouldn't be a Red Sox fan. I can't... I'm sorry, dude. Like, yeah, sport, one sports... Here. That wasn't a word. Jesus Christ. Uh, I love the Red Sox. Even though that means I have something in common with all the racists in New England. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's hard to come to terms with that. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, you definitely won't let, you'll beat the shit out of your daughter and her boyfriend if he happens to be non-white. But I'm still going to high-five the shit out of you when we bring up David Ortiz's 2004 fucking uh, ALCS campaign. Bunch of nerds here. It's okay. <laughs> Big things happen. Yeah, fucking A, 2004. <laughs> But yeah, it's all right. Um, but yeah, I just uh, got nothing. That's about it. No, I don't know where that's going. I don't have an answer for this, but uh, go socks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Tommy McGuire are here on the joke workshop. Uh, hey, sorry we had to cut out the comment panel section, but just to fit everybody in, we're just doing sets. So still same time, four minute sets, and clap your hands together for your next comedian. You guys probably haven't seen him before. It's Shaggy. He was standing right there, 
Oh, you were standing right there. Yay! Thank you, Ken. I don't feel like this is on, but I'll just start. Uh, so, it was Christmas recently. I I always uh, I've always been a prankster, and Christmas has been always been my favorite time to pull pranks. Big boxes provide a lot of opportunity. You put a card in the box and fill it up with different stuff. Or uh, uh, like one year, I couldn't. I can't. I'll never forget the look on my grandma's face when she opened up this big box and. I don't know what she was expecting, but when there was a 10-foot python in there, she freaked out, and it was hilarious. Uh, don't worry, it wasn't alive. It died in the shipment over from <laughs> the Amazon. Uh, New Year's, I, uh, I already broke my resolution, resolution of not drinking anything without alcohol. Uh, it took me all of two days uh, without alcohol. Yeah, I yeah, screw that one up probably, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, my friend, uh, my, you know, I was hanging out with my friend recently, and his he's got a daughter who's 11 years old, and he's it's the age I guess where he's starting to get a little uncomfortable with you know letting her kiss him on the lips, and I told him, hey, listen, you know, you just gotta go with it. You know, obviously, you're not going to be Frenching her. It's just a daddy kiss. But these are the things that put girls on the pole. You know, you, you don't show them affection. You don't, you don't let them kiss you on the lips. You know, oh, good night, daddy. And, you know, pretty soon she is, you know, 12 years old and she's on the pole. So, um, let's see. I wasn't quite prepared to go up right now, but uh, let's see what else I got here. Sorry about this. I hate when people look at their notes. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the best part of, oh, you know what? In the bathroom, I came up with a joke. Uh, it's Martin Luther King Day. You know, he has a dream, and, you know, I, I have lots of dreams, too. Uh, unfortunately, I smoke way too much weed to remember any of them, so I just continue living the life I lead. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I turned 40 a couple years ago, and, uh, you know, the silver lining to this, you know, it's, it's been bad, but the silver lining is at least when I have sex with a girl half my age, it's legal. Oh. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. Keep it going for Shaggy. All right. Oh no, we're um we we didn't we don't have time. We have to to in order to get all the comedians in, we we can't have the comment section. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's That's just, why I got up so quickly. I guess. Right? Yeah. I, once we get to a certain time, it's just we can't. We don't have time. But it's exciting because we get to go through a bunch uh, more comedians and hear their material too. Like our next comedian, put your hands together, everybody. It's Ken Suzuki. Thank you. Yeah. So, practice. are they really all they're cracked up to be? I just want to open this set by saying, fuck doctors. Yes, I'm saying it, fuck doctors. Had a run-in with my girlfriend's gynecologist. She was a real dick. Not any better than my urologist, though, either, that cunt. And my proctologist, 
Could have used more lube. Could have used more lube. Uh, fisting jokes. Say what you want about them, but they can get deep. <laughs> oh, that one felt a little forced. So I'm writing a cerebral palsy joke, but I, <laughs> but I can't get to, seem to get it to stand on its own. <laughs> Cripples, say what you want about them, but don't blame them for you not getting laid. <laughs> Do people like to complain? So they go look for things like pickup artists. Well, they don't realize the greatest pickup artist in the world of all time was a cripple. Stephen Hawking. That motherfucker is the greatest pickup artist of all time. If he could roll through two wives, no pun intended, and shoot out three kids, then what's your excuse? And this guy didn't have his little robot voice box either back in the day. All he could do was blink, like this. Yes, spitting game in Morse code. That's how savage his dick game was. <laughs> Yeah, his body was all fucked up, but his dick was straight. <sighs> all right, you guys are not going to agree with any of my set. But I'm pretty sure you guys can agree with me that it is wrong to hit or abuse your partner in any way. It is wrong to hit or abuse your partner in any way without a safe word. <laughs> and if you're going to simulate drowning, give them something to hold on to. If they drop it, that's their safe word. But I guess it's how you look at it. To some people, that's waterboarding. To me, that's just hot. And I'm no relationship expert, but I do know this from experience. For a relationship to work, you need to know how to tie knots. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Tying knot, tying metaphorical knots in my brain. That was Ken Suzuki. Yay. Um, I, I, now I, I feel like I should go watch Fifty Shades of Grey or something and be like, what's he talking about with those knots? Hey, your next comedian, he is a good neighbor of ours. He is a friendly, friendly neighbor who comes by all the time just to check up on us and uh, care about the community as a whole. You guys are going to really, really enjoy his point of view and his jokes. Clap, clap, clap. You guys, it's Scott. I didn't know I was going to get up here. My name's Scott. I was here at Pam's showcase last Friday, and I heard a couple of other comics, and uh, there was another guy named Scott, tall, bookish-looking guy with glasses, and he was talking about the fact that he had gotten mugged a couple of years ago, and some guys uh, held him up at gunpoint, and then they ran away, and somebody shot like a round from the gun as they ran away, and the police eventually caught him because the guy had actually shot himself in the leg and they followed the trail of blood. And I'm thinking, you know, and so I'm thinking actually what happened to the guy, right? Because the guy goes to jail and it's, it's like, what kind of conversations do you have in the prison yard? It's like, hey man, what are you in for? And it's like, yeah, I shot somebody. It's like, oh, badass man, who'd you shoot? Your girlfriend, shoot your boss? No man, I shot myself in the leg. <laughs> Blew my fucking kneecap off. And it's like, don't fuck with this guy. So, yeah, I don't know what kind of credibility that gives a guy in this, you know, prison yard, but that's what I think about. And the other guy, the guy who closed out the show, 
uh, talking about that they're, you know, conversations that men have amongst themselves when they see one of their their bros out with somebody and he says, we're not slut shaming here, but you know, sometimes your bro goes out with some gal and they're thinking, oh, you know, she's giving it to him. And it's like, do women have conversations like that? And it's like, I'm thinking, what do those conversations go like? It's like, you know, you know he's listening to her feelings. <laughs> she is gonna so fix him. <laughs> I don't know if they have conversations like that or not. But, uh, as much as I want to provide witty, nuanced, no, thank you for that, yeah. <laughs> Fix me, baby. Fix me. Uh, <laughs> I, as much as I want to provide really wry, witty, insightful humor, I, I want to spend the rest of my time up here tonight talking about farts. I, um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I breathe. And sometimes I fart, and perhaps that's not a problem for you, but apparently for some people, they don't, or they think they don't. I had a date with a woman about four or five months ago. It was a great, you know, really pretty. It was the first time we went out. We went and got dinner. We went to a movie. It was really kind of, and I put my arm around her in the movie theater, and kind of our legs are getting kind of a little bit tangled up a little bit. And then, without any warning, not because I felt it happening or anything like that, but I just feel like one tiny little mouse fart, like escape. But for the fact that I had sensation in my legs, I would not have known that that was going to happen. But you know, nothing, didn't smell. And so the rest of the night goes on, I walk her to her door, a little peck, on, give her a little kiss. She calls me the next day. She calls me on my office phone, which somehow makes it more official. And she says, you know, I want to let you know that I had a great time last night. But the farting has to stop. <laughs> and I'm thinking, it's a tiny little mouse fart. I mean, it's nothing to it. How could that possibly, how can that have thrown, you know, do you not have brothers? I mean, how does that not even, I mean, how does that work in the real world? So I'm thinking, at least in the privacy of my own home, I can be okay. So some of you are aware of the fact I have a home office. I. Uh, I am a lawyer and I sell stuff and I'm a mediator and I and I was on the phone with another lawyer and one of the great things about having your own office is you can be real relaxed. I was wearing sweatpants. It's two in the afternoon. I've been real relaxed all day. I'm on the phone talking to another lawyer about settling a case and she's chatting along talking about the money she's going to pay to my client to make the case go away and without warning sitting on a flat surface chair I farted and immediately and it's like oh my god and she's talking and I hear her just over the phone just slightly hesitate and I'm immediately like rustling papers on the desk and banging on the stapler trying to create ambient background noise on the desk and trying to project this narrative through the phone saying you know for a split second there that sounded like a fart but given the plethora of ambient desk noise in the background, I'm sure that was just a stapler that sounded like a fart. Because obviously Scott would not be so crude and unprofessional so as to fart during the middle of settlement negotiations. We did settle the case though. So thank you very much. Yay! Keep it going for Scott! Brad stories about farting. That's, that's real comedy stuff. Pooping and farting is always funny. Uh, one of the biggest laughs I ever got was when I was up on stage with a six-year-old girl with autism and she pulled the microphone out of my hands and she said so sweetly, my nanny Pammy poops and farts 
and everybody claps. And I was like, see, it's always funny. Uh, hey, we have three more comedians. They're all going to do four minutes. Please clap for your next one. Uh, he's been coming the past couple weeks in a row, and we're always glad to see him. Clap wildly for Yuri Kagan. Hi, guys. I'm working on a new set, so I'm doing the second half. So I'll catch you up. I'm talking about gay marriage, how stupid. I don't get why people do it. All right? So um, anyway, so the way I spent Christmas Eve was uh, it was my boyfriend's um, grandmother had passed away a year before. It was a memorial service. All right? So for this past Christmas Eve, we went to the ocean. It was me, him, ocean, cliffs. That's it. So it could only go one of two ways, either really somber or really sexual, right? Like one or two things, one or two things. So we're just sitting there by ourselves, and he's really quiet, and he's like, Reaching in his pocket, and he's like, hey, babe, I want to show you something. And I was like, I've already seen that. Thank you. <laughs> and he was like, no, I want to show you something. He takes out this ring, and he's like, will you marry me? And it was at that moment I realized that I'm like a cat. I see something shiny. I lose my fucking shit, right? And I was like, at that moment, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's get married. Let's get married. Let's get married. Let's get I was so happy, so happy, right? So we're getting married, we're getting married, okay? Anyway, so then the way I told my mom about this is I sent her a photo of me wearing the ring, and pay attention to my hands when I say this. I sent her a photo of me wearing the ring before it was sized. And my mom says, okay, why are you wearing a bracelet? And I was like, that's hilarious, my hands are so small, okay, my hands are so small that Jared from Subway is my biggest fan, shut the fuck up, all right? My hands are so small that Nike constantly tries to offer me jobs for no fucking reason, okay? <laughs> my hands are small, we get it, all right? So then I sent her another text message, and I was like, no, that's a wedding ring. And she goes, okay, what does that mean? And I was like, we're getting married. And then she, her response says, thank you. That's it. Because I have a Jewish mother, and apparently it's all about her. <laughs> all it is. Within three minutes of being engaged, I watched my six-foot-four boyfriend turn into the weirdest bridezilla I've ever seen. Okay? Within three minutes, he literally was like, you need to lose 50 pounds, you need to fix your hair, and I don't know what the fuck we're going to do with those teeth. That's who I'm getting married to. That's my life right now. It's super amazing. Um, the other good thing was my mom, uh, she called me, like, so by, by day three or four, my mom and an entire family had started collecting bets to see how long it would last, right? That's my family. By day four or five, my mom would have thought she was the one getting married, right? She called me up and she's like, Yuri, do you have a prenup? And I was like, a prenup for what? And she's like, you know, the comedy money. And I was like, what comedy money? He can have all five fucking dollars. It's fine. It's fine. And then she was like, okay, whatever. Um, but promise me one thing. Promise me that you're not going to wear white to the wedding. And I was like, why? Are you going to wear white? And then she says, no. Two gay men wearing white? No one will believe it. My mom's an asshole, okay? My mom's an asshole. She thinks things are funny. Um, the other thing that happens is uh, whenever people hear that, whenever I'm like, hey, I'm getting married, people, for some reason, seem to like question it. They're always like, you? You're, you're getting married? A gay man getting married? Like, it's a big fucking deal. Gay people getting married? Gay people have been planning everyone else's weddings for millennia. You think it's a big fucking deal that we're planning our own fucking weddings? We think we don't know how to do it? Everyone keeps on giving advice like it's a new thing. We invented weddings, guys. We invented weddings. Um, I'll leave you on this. Uh, my favorite part about being engaged is people just give you free shit for no fucking reason. For no fucking reason. I got this espresso machine. I didn't know I needed one. Now I can't live without it. My other favorite thing is we got this thing called a milk frother. Do you guys know what that is? 
few weeks ago, I didn't know what the fuck that was. Now I would sell a lung just to make sure I have one at all times. So you don't know what that is. It keeps your milk exactly frothy, exactly 140, 140 degrees, not 137, not 138, exactly 140 degrees. And the thing is, I realize that I'm going to be someone one day that says, oh my God, my milk frother broke. Oh my God, my milk frother broke. All right, that's my time. Thanks. Yuri Gagan. <laughs> that was great. Uh, all right. We have two, le- two more comedians. We're going to try to move through them both. Uh, but your next one is coming up for sure. Put your hands together. It's Leo Zinger. Thank you, guys. I, I wasn't prepared. Sorry. I, I, I didn't think I would go up. Um, I, I don't know. Um, why, why don't, Pam, uh, is anybody, anybody else? Connor Marshall. Okay, why don't you, we let Connor, Connor go up? Because I don't want to waste is, people's time. Is he time. inside? Uh, all right. Hey, Connor, he's giving up his time. It's an unusual thing. Connor Marshall. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, I'm Connor. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey, people. Hello? Jackson? Dude, what's up? People? Other people? Pam? What's up, you guys? My name's Connor. Marshall, so my name is. uh, It's been a big, weird month for me, you guys. It's been a... Real weird month. I um. I recently had a pregnancy scare. There was a pregnant lady hiding in my closet. <laughs> Jumped out dressed like a ghost. It was the scariest shit ever. Seriously. No, I uh. <laughs> No, I just, uh, I'm new to this city. Um, trying to be progressive. So I got myself a boyfriend. It's a girl. I just like to call her my boyfriend. Um, yeah, we broke up. We learned a little bit about each other. Um, that I think ended it uh, the baby thing was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just wanted to, you know, try to be a human being. I just tried to want to be a person and, like, grow as another person, like, with a human being and try to make that work because uh, I love that human being. Um, but the whole time, she just wanted to be a dumb bitch. It was weird <laughs> that she did that the whole time. No, she's great, but... <laughs> No, I like the single life. It's cool. It's just butts. I like butts. You guys like butts? <laughs> Everyone's like, fucking yeah, I like butts. <laughs> no, I like butts. I realized the only way I could like butts more is if they had butts. Just butts on butts. <laughs> I realized if aliens came down and ate all of us, it'd be really bad. Uh, but if they kind of looked like butts... 
Okay with getting eaten by a butt. That's all I'm saying. Your butthole's the strongest hole in your whole body. By far. You pour beer in your face, you might get kind of drunk a little bit. Uh, you pour beer in your butt, you're definitely dying from alcohol poison in like an hour. <laughs> you put a dick in your face, you like that person. Not to put their dick in your face. You put a dick in your ass, though, you fucking love that person, you guys. Or you just love anal. And either way, I support love, all right? It's my game. And on a weird note, start with losing a baby. And on a weird note, that's my style, you guys. My name's Connor Marshall. I'm going to go show my wiener somewhere else, all right? Thank Do I have you, to stand Connor here? Marshall. Nope. 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 That's the end of the show. End of it. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's my second annual uh, joke workshop. Anyway, it's been going for two years. It, we'll see how long it goes for. Maybe a year more. We'll see. Uh, great, bizarre sets tonight. Scott, thank you so much for being here. Stay tuned, please, please, please. Please, please, forever and ever. Amen. Stay for FTW forever. Two wheels here on Mutiny Radio. Thanks for being at the Joke Workshop. Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Muni Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. 
And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com. With 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts, you won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast god, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at mutinyradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? You're talking right now at 7.50.
Two. And we got dinner. Hey. Hey, how we doing today? Take four. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing? Just great. Outstanding. Here we go. There it goes. Now we're out. <laughs> 